Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Philippians. Today is episode 652, and we're looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4a. Let's read our passage. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. He's had a long relationship with this church. They've been very supportive of him, and he cares about them. Epaphroditus has just brought a monetary gift from Philippi, and now he's sending Epaphroditus back because Epaphroditus was sick, almost died. And so he's sending Epaphroditus home with this letter. He talked about some personal issues with him and his circumstance, and then he had a challenge for the Philippians to live as citizens of heaven. He had some ethical issues for them to deal with. Then he gave some travel plans that he hopes to send Timothy soon. He himself hopes to come before too long, but he's sending Epaphroditus right now. And it seemed like he was wrapping the letter up, but no, that's not the case. He's actually only halfway through. So in chapter 3 now, verse 1, he says, In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Now, this translation, the Christian Standard Bible, says, In addition. Many translations say, finally. The NIV says, further. This word can be translated in a variety of ways. Often it does mean finally, but it can also mean just that, one more thing, or in addition. And so, obviously, it's not finally because he's not wrapping things up. He's not yet done. So, in addition, my brothers, this is rejoice in the Lord. Now, he's already said rejoice, but now he adds rejoice in the Lord, because that really is the basis for rejoicing. Then he says, to write to you again about this is no trouble for me, and is a safeguard for you. Now, it's not certain what really he means by this, to write to you again about this. I mean, it seems that he's saying, I'm being repetitive in my letter. But what he really hits in chapter 3 isn't really repetitive. There's a couple of things that he's touched on before. Like he has already said rejoice, and so he repeats rejoice, but how would that be a safeguard? So I think he's touched on some issues like unity. He kind of glances over that in chapter 3. So I think he intends to cover a couple of things he's already dealt with, and so he's now basically saying, it's if I say it again, it's okay because it's for your own good. Then in verse 2, he has these three statements that all exist without any kind of conjunctions. Normally, you have some kind of conjunction to show the, the end of a phrase, but these are right in a row, and that's because they all go together and they all sound similar. He says, watch out for the dogs, watch out for the evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Now, in the original Greek, there is some assonance here. That is, they sound similar. So, the watch out for the is the same in each of them. But each of the last parts begin with K. 
So he says, Blabete tos kunas, blabete tos kakos, erectas, blabete ton katatoman. What that means, it's exactly what it's translated as, but they sa- it sounds very similar. Like in, in uh, English, if you had dogs, evil workers, and mutilators, if they all began with the same letter, that's what you would have here. So you have that assonance. It's just the way it comes across as it's spoken. And remember, this letter was meant to be read to the church. So how it sounds is, is an important aspect of it. So what's he talking about here? Watch out for the dogs. Well, dogs were not pets back in that time. They were scavengers. They were wild animals. They were considered low-life animals. And watch out for the evil workers, obviously people doing bad things. And watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Well, he's speaking about Judaizers here, basically. And Judaizers we've dealt with in several of Paul's letters. These are Christian Jews who are preaching that you must become a Jew in order to become a Christian. Yes, God has opened things up for Gentiles, but they need to follow the Old Testament. They need to become Jews. They need to be circumcised in order to be fully accepted by God. And so these are the Judaizers. Now, there's no indication that Judaizers are actually active in Philippi at this time. But we've seen them so often in so many places that they're bound to crop up either now or at some point in the future. And so is he just warning them, be careful about these Judaizers, or is there some influence of that cropping up? Maybe not full-blown, but perhaps when Epaphroditus was with Paul, he said, and there's this guy saying, and so Paul might just be providing this warning. We don't know how pervasive it is, or even if it is there or not, but it's pervasive enough. Paul needs to warn them about this. So that's who he's speaking of here. Now, strong language. He refers to them as dogs, that is, lowlifes, and as evil workers. They are passing themselves off as helping people connect with God fully, but they're really working evil. And then there's a play on words here where he says, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. And that's where, immediately after that, he says, we are the circumcision. They are preaching, you must be circumcised. And what he's saying, that's really mutilation of the flesh. Now, mutilate and circumcise sound very similar. Mutilate is katatome. Circumcise is paratome. So they sound very similar. They rhyme but they have very different meanings. So watch out for the mutilators. Then he says, for we are the circumcision. So watch out for the catatomy. We are the paratomy. Now what does he mean by we are the circumcision? In Romans, he talked about circumcision of the heart versus circumcision of the flesh. Circumcision was the mark of the people of God. And what Paul's saying is, Christians, People who've been justified by faith and adopted by God, they are the true people of God. So when he says, we are the circumcision, he says, we are the people of God. Christians are the people of God, not those who've been circumcised. And he goes on to say, we're the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God. Now here, you have a something gets lost a little bit in the English 
Paul likes to play things off of the Old Testament here. The word that gets translated as worship is lateroyo, which basically means to serve, to minister, to render religious service. And what's important is that it's used in the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, to describe the work of the Levites in the temple. The Levites were the religious workers in the temple. And in the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, the word to describe their service is this word, latrogo, which is translated here as worship, could be translated as minister, to serve. So, interesting, he says, we are the ones doing this service to the Lord. If you match this up with what he's just said in Leviticus, Leviticus 21.5, there was a prohibition for the priests from mutilating their flesh like the pagan priests do. And that's where the pagan priests would cut themselves to scar themselves up or as an act of sacrifice for their gods, they would cut themselves. And there's this prohibition in Leviticus. God says, I don't want my priests doing that. Do not do that. Do not mutilate your flesh. So here... In Judaism, you have the priests and the Levites ministering in the temple and performing circumcision. But Paul's describing these Judaizers saying they're evil workers and mutilators. And says, we are the ones who are the true circumcision and rightly serving God. So the priests of the temple, the Levites of the temple, they were the ones that served God, and did the circumcision. Now Paul's saying, no, that prohibition against mutilation, that's what they're really doing. These Judaizers who are saying Christians must become Jews and be circumcised, they're really mutilators. They're not the ones who are the true circumcision, and they're not the ones truly serving the Lord. So, verse 3, we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. We boast in Christ Jesus. We brag about Christ. Christ is the one where our confidence is. We boast about where our confidence is. We don't boast in self. We boast about Christ. And we don't have confidence in the flesh. Now, flesh, what's he mean here? He's talking about the act of circumcision. Because people were trusting that as what makes them people of God. We are God's people because we're circumcised. Paul says, no, we're God's people because we've been adopted by God, because we've been forgiven of sin, justified by faith. That's what makes you God's people, not the physical act of circumcision. So their confidence is in the flesh. Our confidence is in Christ. And then, First part of verse 4, he says, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. This is where he's going to throw his own resume out there. If you want to brag about fleshly Jewish things, well, see if your resume matches mine. So he's providing this warning against the Judaizers. And like I said, we don't know if they're really active there or not. If not, they probably will be for too long. But Paul's providing this warning because they are so rampant. These Jews who have come to faith in Christ, or at least seem to have, but they can't let go of Judaism. And they're trying to convince Gentiles that they must be circumcised 
They must become Jews in order to be accepted by God. And Paul's holding this little switcheroo saying, well, no, the Christians are really the true circumcision, the true people of God, and the ones who are truly serving God, not the way it was done in the temple. And Paul's setting it up for how he's going to respond to his resume versus their resume. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time to continue working through Philippians.